Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. I guess Stephen LeDrew, Toronto based lawyer, broadcaster, and, well, normal guy now. Oh, homemaker. <laughs> Okay, and we got Mike Van Solen, who's got a fancy schmancy new uh, new title, pr- managing principal over at Navigator Limited. Did he wears that? that well. Yeah, Even great. How, how long have you had that title for? Two weeks. You know what? I the truth is, I've had that title for a couple years, and and and, and, the, and the diligent uh, a diligent producer uh, <laughs> checked checked, and so she said, "Is this your title?" I said, "You know what? Yes. I don't want I don't want to be an egomaniac about it, but it actually so is. You have been self-effacing for years. I have been. I've yes. actually very hum- very humble. Very Should I get humble. You guys a room? Like, can we get on with the show? Oh, do you want, uh, oh. Alex. Alex is. <laughs> Sorry, I'm here. Alex is show yeah, yeah. Uh, we got lots to get through because uh, we're fully expecting to hear. Um, Joey Wilson-Raybould's truth tomorrow. She's expected to testify at the Justice Committee at uh, 3.15. However, Robert Fife has got another story, the drip, drip, drip of this uh, laugh scam. And tonight we're hearing that she is concerned, disappointed, in fact, that a cabinet order permitting her to speak without violating solicitor-client privilege and cabinet confidentiality does not apply to conversations that took place while she was Veterans Affairs Minister or in relation to her resignation from Canada, uh, Cabinet. So she believes that this falls far short of what is required. She has, in fact, written um, the Justice Committee to, uh, you know, explain her concerns. Um, but I, this makes... So what's the point? I mean, what is the point if she cannot speak about why she resigned? Just because there's an order in council that says you can go and talk about certain things but not others... Why should she care? Why? I mean, what, what's Trudeau going to do? Sue her? Well, Is she going to get kicked yeah. out of caucus? No. Is she going to lose her seat? No. I think this may be a very convenient way for her to somehow buy some time to finagle this around. Because really, if she goes and, and spurts it out all out tomorrow, what's her gain on that? Yeah, but at some you know, point, she though... Can't, she can't shaft the prime minister and hope to survive... As well, a liberal cabinet minister. Well, no, but at some point... <laughs> she's if you're, she's if you're no taking, longer a cabinet minister. Well, she well she's not a... Back. Yeah. But if He's you're, trying to do everything to get her back on side. You know that. Sure. He is charming well, her, offering like her... That. She could be governor general. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, that would, might be an improvement. But the yeah, bottom line be. is, um, you know, he, he, he can try all he wants, but the, if she is a woman of integrity and she wants to tell her truth... You know, Canadians will be patient to a point, but they are looking for answers. Well, this look, this is a great note, and she's looking to maintain leverage in this in the dynamic of this relationship, which is her sort of half in the tent of the Liberal Party uh, going to committee. What I do take from this is she's still going to go be able to go and tell the part of the story that I think Canadians are most interested in, which is while you were Attorney General, did you feel there was undue pressure put on you to make a decision with respect to the SNC-Lavalin affair? Um, but we know I, the answer to that. The no, clerk of the Privy Council gave his answer. We, he said yes. Yeah, but we it's haven't her heard, pressure We haven't heard his. from her. Yeah. What you, we want to know, I that, think. That's, that's a part of her truth that is really important. Yes. And, and what, is she say, what she's also saying is even once I was moved out of Attorney General. There's still another part of the story I want to tell that they don't want me to tell. But I think for tomorrow, the headlines and everything are going to be, and what Canadians are going to be interested in, is what happened while you were Attorney General, while you were making decisions with respect to uh, deferred prosecution of SNC-Lavalin. So hopefully we hear that. Most people, I think, have made their decision on that based on the evidence of the clerk of the Privy Council. What I want to know is why she was fired. Her she words are going to be so powerful. Well, they are going to be powerful. And, and in, in her own voice, expressing it that. is going to be important. Well, don't you want to know why she was fired well, as that, Attorney General? That is kind of the basic of what we're asking. 
and, and so apparently we won't get that because she says she cannot talk about and and clearly um, give a complete version of events if they don't allow her to speak about her role during Veterans Affairs, which likely would have been a lot of animosity or angst or whatever going on, but also if she can't explain why she resigned. But again, it speaks to the fact that they don't want to get to the bottom of this. And they don't, you know... And, and well, I still don't see there's any bar to it. I mean, who does she have the, the privilege with as a, as a lawyer when she's vet, Minister of Veterans Affairs? There's nobody. I have, not advising well, anybody. She's just going out there telling the truth about what's going on. So I don't think this is a, a real problem. I think she may be manufacturing a problem. Maybe. Or maybe, her you know, strategy. Cromwell, her lawyer, is saying, we have to really, really be so particular about this one because you may be back in government someday which is what she wants. She's not, she doesn't want to retire as a crowned princess back to Vancouver, back to BC. I, look, I think What's it's, a, I think it's a about, show? I think it's about no. continuing to make, you know, maybe, maybe her end game is getting back to cabinet. And I think it's about continuing to main leverage in the dynamic of, of her relationship to this party. And with this letter, she does that because oh, here yeah. we are talking about, Oh, well, let's find out what it was, what well, happened when you were veteran affairs. Well, she, she clearly has a PM by the shorts. I mean, yeah, there's no yeah. question about that. Nick is earning not, and, and she is continuing to to t- tighten the tourniquet, <laughs> yeah. and he is squealing on it. You see him on, yeah. on TV today, on Global Tonight. He looks like he's had a few bad days. That guy. Well, no yeah, longer he has. Days. And, and, well, no, and, and it's starting to stick to him. And so, where people might not understand oh. the actual issue, they see him, and he's not on his A game, and he's off his messaging, and he's not talking about things that are positive and and and. You know, well, that's evidenced by your poll you were talking about earlier. Exactly. On your show so, tonight. yeah, we got Angus Reid polling numbers, which really kind of bolster what we just saw with the Ipsos poll and Global had uh, uh, done last week, and that is that the lav scams sticking. Sixty-six percent polled say there is a bigger scandal here, and this has given Sheer a bit of a bump, seven percent lead over the Liberals, albeit I don't put much stock into that. Um, and it can all change, uh, Mike. But mm. bottom line is, it's starting to, to stick to him. Yeah, and. And I think Lav Scam is sort of the the latest one in a series of events. They've been off their they've been off track for six months. I mean, I mean, I think those of us in the bubble maybe would even say longer. What about but Huawei? For, but for to that? Huawei, uh, <laughs> still going to come back. Pipeline, uh, <laughs> Norman case. Uh, you know, all of these successively are sort of building a narrative. And even if the public can't unpack it all, they have a sent. Well, look, they haven't been able to proactively tell a more positive story. So they've been dealing with and this. And who's running the government without butts there? I haven't heard replacement for him, but I mean, he was, he knew the government. Trudeau right. was talking about the image and the broad strokes, but who is running the government right now? There's no one in Butts' chair. Well, and Katie Telford is running things, but again, but, she, you know, like she, she's part of the big question. Yes, but Canadians she's being are, sued too. Well, yeah, and and but the things that they're not going to be able to talk about, like clearly there's not going to be any questions on the Mark Nailring case or any other interference situations, like was this government meddling in other cases? I don't know what she can or can't do. But I also look to Mike. Really, I think certainly as a woman, you want to hear that narrative of, well, what kind of pressure are we talking about? Because that then gets very damaging to his brand. But to your point, Alex, about you know this new revelation tonight, I've been a lawyer for 40 years. I just read through it quickly, and it's difficult to understand exactly the nuances in there. I read the order in council in all its grammatical errors, and uh, it, it is a very, very complicated matter. So um, now, just because I've been a lawyer for 40 years doesn't mean that you know other everybody else in the world gets it. But I think that... Most people are just going to sort of sort of tune out 
until she gives evidence. There'll be a few clips from her evidence whenever it comes. But in the meantime, most people are just going to tune out and say, that is a mess. I, I, everyone, I, no, a mess. Running it, everyone's running this thing live tomorrow. I, so oh, it's no, getting, no, you know, if while you're stuck no, in your speaks, car in a snowstorm, you're going to listen to this. If she speaks you know? tomorrow, yeah, you're right, it's yeah. going to be top notch. But if we just go through these procedural matters and, you know, what's privileged and what's not privileged, Look, Ste- people Stephen, are going to give a darn Stephen, who, who's been in this dynamic? Who's been playing chess and who's been playing checkers? So I ah, I think she's going fi- to figure this out tomorrow. And Well, she's she, not. Let's be honest. She is not. She knows exactly what she's doing. Yeah. This is oh, all yeah. very and, and strategic. So, but is, yeah. it is strategic, but it's strategic in order to delay her testimony tomorrow and just sort of try again to get the upper hand on Trudeau before she even talks. Because once she talks, everybody's going to be interested in it. However, I don't know where her end game is on that. She that, doesn't want to blow up the prime minister. That's the thing. She's still driving this. She is still running. This is her Which show. Which is why I think as long as she gets time. Ah, yeah, but I think Canadians are at the okay, point where like, so, I think when you overplay your hand, I think at some point Canadians go, okay, did something happen or not? Because if nothing happened, I'm moving on with my life. So you got to the play prime minister stopping her from speaking. If she can say, you know, prime minister, I want to. I, I, I look. I may, maybe maybe you're interpreting the story different than I am. I think she's going to go there tomorrow, and she's going to talk about the the first question in this matter, which is what what did the influence look like, and why did you feel it was proper or improper? And, I can't and she's going to answer. Anymore? And I bet. And I bet she. I bet the sound quote uh, of the of tomorrow will be what she says on this matter. It will not be the government it, response. Oh, oh, you're all. absolutely right on that. And, oh, no, and it will and, also be and, what she doesn't say. Because right. that will speak volumes. So and she's if, put a mark on the ground that there's more to come. Like if she and if, I'm not if, allowed to say it. Well, that would be huge. Right. If Lisa Raitt or any of those opposition members decide to ask her the pertinent question, and the pertinent question is why did you resign and why were you demoted? You know, the way she answered that question will. And Alex, spell, you're, you know, you're so nice. You're demoting. She was fired. Well, she was okay. fired from Attorney General. You're right. You're right. And why was she fired? For no cause. Well, there was cause. They found a cause. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Mike Van Solen and Stephen LeDrew in house with us tonight, which is a nice surprise. I don't often get to see your face here in. I probably won't be allowed back for another few months now. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll see. Um, no let, dogs in the background, though, Alex. No, no, there's not. I'll take that. Um, big changes, of course, coming to healthcare, And the first big step is overhauling these crazy agencies, about 20 of them, and folding them into a super agency. It's not going to be an overnight fix, but this is a massive problem that needed to be fixed. Here's Christine Elliott uh, on, the, you know, on her announcement today. Ladies and gentlemen, today is a new day for healthcare in Ontario, and I'm proud to announce that our plan starts right at home in our communities. So the bottom line is, you know, things like e-health and telehealth and all that stuff will be rolled into to one agency. But, you know, we've wasted so much money when mm-hmm. it comes to healthcare on stupidity and redundancies and bureaucracy <clears throat> that I think, you know, let's bring this and see what we get. Yeah, I mean, what bureaucrats don't do is surgery. So uh, I think they figured that out and they've looked at the system. Look, we know to, uh, you know, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet, as they say, and uh, getting rid of these 20, all the limbs across the country, shrinking it down, creating a, I don't, I, sh- I don't like the super agency sort of tag, but, c- but creating a coordinated, like a, a single like a sort of agency that is going to sort of work at putting as much dollars as you can into sort of the care, frontline care to help people is what's important. And as well, what's really critical, and I spoke with a, a group of uh, frontline healthcare uh, uh, providers in Ottawa last week, 
What's really important is that what they want is sort of coordination. They want to do the work. They know how. You know, a lot of it's not complex. You know, it's it's getting to people's homes, yep. uh, meals on wheels. Like we're talking about some of these basic things, but you just need sort of the bureaucracy and the red tape out of the way. So as much as this uh, this agency can, uh, you know, put smart people in charge of distributing funds in an, in an efficient way uh, to, and, and have those agencies sort of become a little bigger and, and more efficient, less administration, more money just going into uh, helping people where it matters. Um, look, I think it's smart, and I'm glad they're being brave and bold in, in, in how they're approaching it. I, yeah, I would have welcomed, however. I'm not against any kind of privatization, and I'm not rich, so I would not benefit from a privatized system. I'm just a poor old radio girl. But, you know, Miss Elliott today was very clear on saying, um, look, what private Privatized services we have now is what we're going to have. They're not going to privatize. But I, I do think people are ready to have that conversation. Well, to people a degree, are ready to have to a, a conversation about how to change the health right. system. There's not one person, aside from the NDP, who thinks a health system is efficient and delivers, as you said, services to people. And that's not you know, completely bureaucratized and, and overspun with uh, layers and layers. So I think that, first of all, the minister is to be commended by going in there and saying, we're going to make some changes in this. I hope they're the right changes, but we need to make changes. I can't sit around and let this go on. So that's the first thing that was right. Secondly, when you talk about all these myriad agencies around the the, the province, uh, it was supposed to be tailored health care. That mm-hmm. was the idea yeah. of having these. Yeah. You know what? Right. We under, we in the North understand what's going on in the North. It's necessary in the North as opposed to you guys down there in Windsor. Yeah. And so I understand that idea, but it simply hasn't worked. No, no, what ended up happening is the sunshine list filled up with a whole bunch of pencil pushers and the frontline workers basically got cut back. Uh, That's where you need the money. Frontline workers, doctors, nurses, and those who do the heart and heavy lifting. And and to your point about the uh, private private privatization, yeah. I mean that's a, that's the wrong way to look at it. Mm-hmm. But I'm really happy with the government being agnostic as to whether the service delivery agents are not for profit or there's a, a private component. If they compete in an honest system, and you know uh, Stephen has a private company is going to do Meals on Wheels in southwestern Ontario, and there's a little bit of money to be made in it versus. Uh, Alex, I'm not giving you the nonprofit. Mm. It doesn't seem right, but I'm giving you the I'm giving you the nonprofit, and, and, and you compete for that work, and you and you say, look, I'm going to do it. To to the end user, it's the same. It it, it is who's going to be able to provide that care. The meal, the I'm just, it was in the meals on, meals on wheels example. Meals on wheels, yeah. Meal, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's um, coming. I did not go through that airport. <laughs> uh, and. Um, I, I, so I'm happy for them to be agnostic on it. The, the reality is that the government's going to be the only payer for the services. Your health card, your OHIP card is what's going to uh, give you access to that care. And so, uh, look, I, I like, I like that they've been brave about it. it. They, have to do the, they have to do with health what they have to do with hydro. With hydro, there used to be one agency, yeah. hydro. Yeah. And now there's at least 100 and of yeah. them under there. Just, you know, not slash and burn, but you have to go in there. And change things. Right. And that's what this government has a mandate to do. And they're doing it. Uh, well, we'll so see. I, I certainly, I yeah, so. they cannot, uh, they can't cut corners uh, on, on changing this. They've got to do it, own it, and let's but see how But they've got works. to deliver, yeah. as you say, as the three of us say, on frontline yeah. workers. Absolutely. Right. Uh, Jugmeet Singh winning a seat in Burnaby South, so he has saved his political hide. Um, but he has to turn the tides, you know, of, of this party. They are drowning. They're flatlining. They have no money. They got about five million bucks in the bank. They need 40 to run a bare bones campaign. But they're also hemorrhaging talent. I don't even know what they stand for. I mean, what does Jugmeet Singh run on, Stephen? Because he has been outlefted by, well, everybody. Does he, he has go to full create, lead manifesto? He has to create a platform. That's what he has to do. You know? What does he run on? What you do in, in retail politics is go out there and say, 
elect me and we will do X, Y, and Z. And right now... But he can't run on housing. He can't run on the climate because those have all been taken. Well, there are different positions on that, though. If he took a yeah, reasonable position on some of those things, he could come out. But it's it's he has got a terrible party to work with. If you want to come out with a platform, yeah. in, in my view, you want to come out with a platform that is, that is saleable to most Canadians. Most Canadians aside from downtown Toronto, uh, look at the NDP and say, you guys are just so far out of it. You're just so irrelevant to day-to-day life. And let the liberals and conservatives duke it out. So you're right. He's going to get really squeezed unless he can grab an issue, whether it's going to be maybe integrity. He can come out and talk about integrity. Or I think one of the issues is going to be, because the liberals are so poor at it, they used to be great at it, is management of government. Put us in there, and we're going to run government. Now, as an NDPer, I know I can see your eyes going through the back of your head. Uh huh. Okay. (laughs) If this were only TV, but this is not the party of of the the working man. So this is not the same party that the Ed Broadbents, the Jack Laytons. Look, I think, I think, I think that you know, sure he won. I think this is actually a detriment to the party because I think they'd be better served having a real heart to heart right now, Mike, and saying Nathan Cullen. Would you please come up and and take us into the election? Because if they're not seeing that opportunity. Uh, then I can't help them. I mean, honestly, he's a much... You don't want to help them. Well, (laughs) well, well, look, you know, to to the extent, uh, you know, I'm interested in seeing Andrew Scheer have some success um, in this next election. They need Jugmeet to do something, uh, you know, just for the dynamics of this all to work. Uh, Look, the the nicest thing I can say about it is uh, he has managed down expectations. (laughs) There is an opera. There's a Phoenix story, uh, you know, that's possible to uh, come here. But it starts tomorrow. He, 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 he has a lump in your cheek. Is that a tongue sticking out there? What, I can't believe this. He, he, has, he has done nothing right uh, yet as leader. And, uh, I mean, Nathan Cullen, uh, you know, any any warm suit uh, would uh, would se- seemingly have done better. So, uh, Are you being sexist when you say suit? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, you know, they, they squandered opportunities. He strategically did this wrong. He should have gotten into the house. He should have been, yes. you know, day to day. They played this wrong because he didn't take an opportunity. And, to, even, to and even while he wasn't in the house, you know, the idea was if he was in church basements and union halls and raising money and telling stories, that would have been great. But I don't even know where he's been for Well, the that's last the real year. point because... Alex, I will disagree with you that I think that he could have done very well by being outside right. the house. Just because you're in the house doesn't mean you have a platform or something. However, however, where has he been? Exactly. Exactly. Like, I don't care the if he sits in question period, but the point is he's not <laughs> been anywhere. And well, that's so, the point. If he was out there yeah. giving speeches in Toronto and Vancouver, Montreal, and saying, this is our platform, or, you know, these rotten liberals can't, you know, manage anything, that would have been better. But I haven't heard or seen of him. Burnaby Maybe he was South, on that I long honeymoon. Know. God, well, yeah. love... Well, wouldn't sound, I guess. Um, by the way, Tim Hortons opening its first location in China. Salted egg yolk Timbits on the menu. Um, by the way, this is a Canadian coffee chain uh, that expects to build, I guess, 1,500 locations across China over the next 10 years. But what struck me as odd in this story is, is this not an odd time to open the most Canadian franchise in the country that hates Canada right now? It is, it is an odd backdrop, but uh, I mean, it just shows that the, the disconnect between sort of politics and world events and, and just the good old fashioned uh, being a business person and getting out there. I'll be a salted egg yolk. It, it, sound, it, well, it sounds like the McDonald's model. I mean, McDonald's has done uh, done very well in China. Uh, the menu is largely what a conventional North American menu, but then they work in some of the uh, local fare. Who are they going to get to work over there? No Canadian's going to go over there because they're going to be afraid of being kidnapped by the government and put on solitary for the next five years. So, I mean, well, really. I'm sorry. 
I got to be honest. You know you're on the out. If you work at Tim Hortons and you're some manager of an area and they say, oh, we want to give you a promotion and send you to China. Help. You're not going. I don't think they're recruiting the store manager out of Stouffville, Ontario. No, that's probably true for the store manager. Somebody's got to count the money. But someone's going to ban that crueler if she doesn't get released. If they didn't interfere in her case, that's going to end in a double-double Tough tragedy. place to go. I'd no rather kidding. go to India, I think. All right, guys, I got to leave it there, but thank you. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.